joined Cody and Gold in Vegas today. This is the interview in its entirety here as you listen to it on After Hours on 610 Sports Radio. It's always an honor when we're joined by the chairman and CEO of the Kansas City Chiefs here on 610 Sports Radio, Clark Hunt. Thanks so much for stopping by again. Uh, this is just a routine for you on, a, on an annual basis now. It's not a bad gig. <clears throat> yeah, it, it sure is. Um, we're thrilled, obviously, to be back in the big game. Uh, this coming Sunday, I always enjoy visiting Radio Row, but when we're playing in the game, it's even more special. Like at this stage, I know that like you kind of like they're like, well, you don't want to get used to it. You don't feel like you get used, but on your end, you know, like not having to play in it makes it a little bit easier for the like, no, that's fine. I, I kind of like. Do you like getting used to the feeling of like, ah, this is good for me? <laughs> yeah, it, absolutely. Uh, it makes for a busy couple of weeks, but we'll take that every year. Um, I spent the last uh, couple days uh, w- with the team, and, and I will say they know the routine uh, now having been through it uh, several times and uh, as recently as last year. Uh, they're definitely in a routine. They know exactly you know what's coming opening night last night, for example, uh, with, with all the media there. Uh, they really enjoyed that. So we're ready to go. I know this is always the plan, but sometimes best laid plans, right? So you go back and you hire Andy Reid, and then a few years later – you go with Patrick Mahomes at the draft. I know that the plan is, hey, we're going to become perennially interested. But even at that point, was the did, could you have envisioned four Super Bowls in five years? Uh, yeah, well, Coach Reed gets the credit for the success that we've had really over the last decade. And, of course, from the day he came into the building, the culture changed. Uh, um, we went from having a, a very difficult season in 2012 to winning the first nine games in 2013. And something that gets forgotten is Andy had a pretty impressive resume already, having been to five NFC championship games uh, with the Eagles, having made one Super Bowl, but he didn't win the Super Bowl. So he didn't have, you didn't have that Super Bowl success. Um, so that, that was part of his makeup for sure. And uh, we've, we've just benefited from his leadership over the last 11 years, obviously drafting Patrick and having the franchise quarterback, which is sort of a key part of, of building a team that can consistently compete for championships has been you know very helpful but uh we've been very blessed uh, no doubt about it i know just i know that the, t- the tarmac story and we're not going to let him leave how many minutes into the convert the first conversation with andy reed from the other thing you're like nah, i'm gonna hire him yeah. we're good like how long did it honestly take uh, it, it probably took uh you know an hour and a half two hours and we just both could tell that the chemistry was great and, and I didn't have to prevent him from leaving. He, he didn't want to leave, right? In fact, I was a little oblivious to the fact that there was a plane sitting right behind me <laughs> with the door open and the engines running. Um, I shouldn't have been, but uh, I, I learned from him later, yeah, that he was supposed to get on that plane. But uh, somewhere in the middle of our interview, he had canceled it. We're talking to the chairman and CEO of the Kansas City Chiefs, Clark Hunt, here on 610 Sports Radio. Did you ever think... It, you would have a football team here that's become sort of the villain of the NFL. It was a little bit of the theme last night with the crowd booing Mahomes and, and Kelsey, but it speaks to the success, right? I mean, usually in sports, when you win a lot, people find ways to, to hate you a little bit. Did you ever think your franchise would be in that spot? Uh, yeah, no, I really didn't and hadn't, hadn't thought a lot about it. I mean, I think uh, a lot of us know how we felt about the Patriots when they were on their amazing two-decade uh, uh, Trump through the NFL with success 
And, um, you know, to think that, you know, we're maybe in the same position is hard, hard to believe. It's easy to think back to Super Bowl 54 when I really felt like the entire country was pulling for us and they were pulling for Andy specifically because he hadn't won, won the Super Bowl. And we had the narrative of going 50 years without going to the big game or winning the big game. Uh, so we felt a lot of support then. I'm hoping by the time we get to the game on Sunday that the Chiefs kingdom will be there in full force and will drown out those Raiders and 49ers fans. I do think some Chiefs fans, just judging from the reaction last night, enjoyed seeing this beautiful stadium they got here, but enjoyed seeing the Chiefs logo all over the stadium. The locker room's got the Chiefs logo. Uh, well, what's your reaction to that? Yeah, it, it's very fascinating walking around uh, Allegiant Stadium which uh, is so branded Raiders, uh, as is their practice facility where the Chiefs are practicing, is very much branded Raiders. And periodically you'll see a Chiefs logo uh, on the wall. And, and it's, it's hard to reconcile the, the two going together. Uh, but, yeah, we're, we're glad to be here. We appreciate Mark Davis's and, and the Raiders' hospitality and the great facilities they have. Clark, we know that obviously the Super Bowl coming up in a few games is a big story, but obviously you guys and the Royals are very busy with the future stadium, both project and for the renovations at Arrowhead. When you looked at Arrowhead and you guys were honestly trying to decide between new building and stadium, how hard was the nostalgia part of it? The, you know what Arrowhead meant to you and to your family and has meant to your family for so long when trying to decide where to take that money in the future? Yeah, well, first of all, let me say how thankful we are to the Jackson County Legislature for putting the issue on the ballot. Um, and we've had a tremendous partnership uh, with the city of Kansas City and Jackson County that you know goes goes back uh, five or six decades now, and we hope to be able to to extend uh, our stay uh, in Kansas City and Jackson County specifically uh, here on on April second with that that initiative. Um, we did go through a very thorough uh, analysis of whether it made more sense for us to build a new stadium or, or to renovate Arrowhead. And for a lot of reasons, we kept coming back to Arrowhead really being the, the right answer. Um, we had the renovation that was 17, 18 years ago now uh, that, that helped bring the stadium into the mo modern era. And uh, even though you have all the, these new buildings around the NFL, which are great, right? We love going to SoFi. It's an amazing stadium, Allegiant, AT&T, uh, et cetera. Uh, Arrowhead ha has weathered the test of time. It, it really has. Uh, it, it provides what we need to be successful in the National Football League. But there is also uh, a part of it that, that is very emotional for our family, and I really think for Chiefs fans in general. Uh, Chiefs fans and NFL fans love coming to GEHA Field at Arrowhead because it is iconic. It's one of the great stadiums in the NFL. Um, it's a little bit like going to Lambeau. I think every NFL fan at some point has to go to Lambeau. He went this year. <laughs> uh, Arrowhead has that, that same kind of kind of feel and notoriety. So uh, that was certainly part of the calculus in the end. Specifically in the, the renovation, I know full details haven't been, been announced yet, but my understanding is a retractable roof or a roof of any sort is not part of the renovation. What was the, the thinking with that as well? Is it is it kind of what Arrowhead has been, or what, how much discussion was there about adding that to the stadium? Yeah, that, that was something – that we tried to accomplish 20 years ago uh, when we did the, the renovation at that, that time. And uh, unfortunately, uh, that, that didn't pass. You know, probably in retrospect, uh, that, that would have been very tough uh, to accomplish from an engineering and architectural standpoint. 
we like playing in an outdoor stadium uh, for a lot of reasons, uh, like having the guys playing on grass. Uh, I think that's something that makes Kansas City attractive from a free agent standpoint. We also like playing in the elements in December and January. We think that gives us uh, an advantage, and I would point to uh, this year's wild card game at, as a prime example of that, right? That was, that was a cold <laughs> evening for sure, but uh, I, I, think, I think it was to our advantage to be playing in, in that environment. So uh, the renovation plans do not include a roof. If, if you're able to get this passed on the ballot in April, do you think that you guys will need this more for just – making sure the stadium can hold together for the amount of time you guys would like to be under a new lease with Jackson County? Or do you think it comes with additional features for the building? Or, you know, like, what does that split look like for you guys? Yeah, it, it's definitely a combination of both. When, when you're dealing with a stadium that's 50-plus years old, uh, there are uh, structural and infrastructure issues that you just have to stay on top of. Um, uh, one of the reasons that we have the opportunity to do another renovation is because uh, the county, the sports authority, and the chiefs have done such a good job of maintaining the stadium. I can think of other old stadiums in the NFL, many of which are no longer uh, in use, uh, that you walked in, you felt like the building was falling down around you. Uh, we've been very conscious about trying to maintain Arrowhead as a top flight NFL stadium, and that certainly will be our focus going forward as we take that building into its sixth, seventh, and eighth decade. Uh, we're going to have to make sure that, that we take care of the infrastructure things. But at the same time, there are going to be new features, right? Uh, we're focused on new features on all three levels of the stadium because we want every fan that comes to to a Chiefs game to, to appreciate uh, new amenities. Uh, we'll also uh, plan on doing some things in the parking lot, assuming that the, the Royals uh, leave Kauffman Stadium. Uh, so we, w we want to make what I think is one of the best NFL game day experiences even better. With the, the vote happening on April 2nd, is there a timeline on when you, you expect to be able to announce some of those specifics? Yeah, our goal is uh, to get those out there in the next month. Um, we, we, we know we're sort of short on time now. We're almost exactly uh, two months away from that, that vote uh, right now. And so we want to make sure uh, that, that the voters have that information as soon as possible. We're talking to the chairman and CEO of the Kansas City Chiefs, Clark Hunt, here. All guests are presented by Spice and Foods, the official sauces of the Kansas City Chiefs. There were some reports or rumors out there over the last couple weeks around Andy Reid and his future. There was one report that suggested perhaps he could retire. In your conversations with Andy, what, what do you make of those reports, and, and do you believe that he's going to be coaching for many years to come? Yeah, I, I've been fascinated to see the number of articles out there speculating about uh, Andy's future. I, I have no sense from him uh, that he's ready to hang it up. Uh, I, he loves what he's doing. He is energized uh, by this team. Um, he has one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Uh, so I'm not expecting him to, to step down at the end of the season and uh, look forward, hopefully, to him coaching the Chiefs for many more years. I think the way we always looked at it is, as much as, like, Andy has been a football guy maybe since birth. Like, we can go to the punt, pass, and kick video or whatever we have to to prove Andy is a football guy. We always had a hard time imagining, like, for a guy who loves coaching as much as he does, getting Patrick Mahomes, like, getting that level of quarterback play, I feel like as a coach, like, in, in your conversation with Andy, wouldn't it be a really difficult thing to want to not be near? Yeah, certainly that would be my perspective on it. Um, and, and I know he loves uh, coaching pa Patrick. The the two of them, uh, you know, their minds, I think, really think alike. <clears throat> and uh, 
Uh, he, Andy's in the middle of one of the greatest runs in NFL history right now in terms of AFC championship success, Super Bowl success. So uh, hopefully that's a motivating factor for him to stay with us for a long time. We were talking about as it relates to Bobby Wood Jr. When you have a player like Patrick Mahomes, is that the easiest check you ever sign? <laughs> like we feel like that's how it must have been next door, been like, yeah, that's fine. We're happy to pay Bobby. Is that is that the easy check to sign? Yeah, when we did Patrick's uh, original deal, which uh, you know had a uh, a, a face uh, price of five hundred million, <laughs> uh, you know, which sounded just incredible. I had half a billion dollars. Uh, it it no doubt was a lot of money. Uh, but when you have a, a player of Patrick's caliber, the, those are easy checks to write. One thing that Patrick mentioned on the stage with you after the AFC title game when you were getting the Lamar Hunt trophy was also uh, your, your mother and, and, and Norma Hunt and having that patch this year. Does that, does that make this year even more special just knowing that, that she was honored throughout this season? Yeah, it, it sure does. And, and I would go back to last year's Super Bowl and uh, as a family, we felt so fortunate that we were able to get her to that game because her health was already failing. <clears throat> and uh, it was, you know, so fantastic and, and uplifting to see her get to celebrate uh, another Super Bowl win in what would end up being her last Super Bowl. Certainly, uh, starting with that onstage ceremony um, last uh, uh, Sunday when we won the AFC Championship, all the way through the Super Bowl is going to be very emotional for our family. Uh, I've found myself thinking about her and my dad a lot uh, over the la last 10 days. Um, you know, Patrick was so thoughtful uh, to mention winning the Lamar Hunt Trophy with my mother's initials uh, on, on the jersey. So she'll be in the back of our minds for sure, and I know she and my dad are, are looking down and be cheering on the Chiefs on Sunday. Which of their Super Bowl traditions do you find yourself carrying on? <clears throat> like you don't go to that many Super Bowls with not having some things you do for every single one of them, right? Yeah, well, one of the things that we always uh, did with my mom when we got to the Super Bowl was we would stop outside the stadium as a family and take a photo. Uh, you know, with with the logo for that that year's Super Bowl, so we'll probably do that that in her honor this year. Lastly, before we let you go, we do do our, our game predictions. Brought to you by Spice and Foods, the official sauces of the Chiefs. How do you see this thing playing out on Sunday? Well, the, the 49ers are an uh, incredible team, right? Uh, you know, they clearly deserve to be in, be in the game. They've had an ama amazing season. It's going to be a huge challenge uh, for us to beat them. Uh, but uh, no surprise, I'm going to pick the Chiefs to come out on top and what will no doubt be a very close game. Clark, appreciate the time. Thanks so much for stopping by. Absolutely. Great being on with you guys. There you go. That is Clark Hunt, the chairman and CEO of the Kansas City Chiefs here on Radio Row in Las Vegas, getting set for the big game on Sunday against the... Tell him, Tom. All right. I thought the greatest quote that Tom Petty ever had was he broke his arm. And uh, his doctor said, yeah, you should probably stop playing the guitar. And he said to his doctor, F that. And then he wrote the waiting is the hardest part. Sometimes you just can't, you can't make legends. They're just developed. Like Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid. I thought that interview with Clark Hunt was fantastic. Uh, something from the text line says from the 913, I'd like to sit down and have a nice rose with Clark Hunt. 
I could see him being like maybe like a one, maybe one or two drink type of guy, a very expensive scotch or like a very nice champagne. Because when you're a billionaire, like you can you can do whatever sort of shelf you want. Although I still to this day, I, I'm telling you, if I was a billionaire, I would still just drink Miller Lite. And bourbon. Although it wouldn't be hard to find bourbon. It would just be, like, given to you. Or you just pay for whatever you want. Oh, that Blanton's bottle is $599, way overpriced? Fine. Or you could just give, like, a random donation to a college. Shout out, Mizzou. Um, Shout out, Jefferson's, Lenexa, and North KC. 15% off online orders for carryout and delivery with a promo code of 610 Sports. Limit one per customer on a $40 minimum order. Um, So if you want to go see my guy, Nick Price, and you want some wings for your uh, Super Bowl party, that's your destination. Also, the big game coverage is brought to you by Community America Credit Union. Community America Credit Union is proud to be the exclusive banking partner of the Kansas City Chiefs. Get your Chiefs checking account, including the exclusive Chiefs debit card at ChiefsChecking.com. I've seen a lot of those lately. I've seen a lot of those debit cards lately. Obviously, serving uh, people don't really pay with cash anymore. Um, I suggest you do. Cash is king. That's right. And uh, I see a lot of these Community America Chiefs cards. They're pretty slick. They're pretty, they're pretty nice. I think the best debit card I ever had was a picture of the Nelson uh, Atkins Art Gallery. It had the big, uh, the birdie or what is it? It's really called a shuttlecock. I believe that is the actual name for that. I remember my favorite class in high school, which is going to make me sound like a scumbag, was uh, Rec Sports. There you go. But it was interesting because I, uh, I had a teacher from England. His name was Coach McLagan. He was a soccer coach for the women's varsity team. And he was so good at all the obscure sports. And I remember we played badminton and learned how to play the rules, and that was how you took your test. You you were developed or you were taught a new game, and then you had to take a test on what the rules were. Um, and then he and I got into a, a brutal heated matchup every morning because I had that class at 8 in the morning. And there were a couple of times where I had to go up and, and hit the shower, and he just ruined me. Like He could just toy with me in that game. That was, at, that was at our alma mater college, you say? That was at college? Uh, no, this is in high school. Oh, okay. This is at Blue Springs High School. That's screw Blue Springs. Okay. Easy. They didn't do anything to you. Hey, hey listen. <laughs> I got none against Blue Springs. Just my uh, cousin won four state championships as a football player. But that's beside the point. Mm. But my favorite uh, card I have is the one I have right now. It's a little French bulldog that actually looks like my French bulldog at home, which nice. is kind of funny. So, yeah, and also I played rec sports games mm. and in high school. Those were always fun. Great. They were always great. And no one could believe it because of my size, how athletic I was. They're like, holy crap, that guy can get up to do volleyball. <laughs> <laughs> and then you would always have the guy go, well, if he jumps, it's going to it's gonna break the floor. And I'm like, yeah, well, yeah. guess what, dude? If I jump on you, you'd be broken too. Yeah. So get over it. Watch this spike before it breaks your nose. Like it meet the parents. Well, Florence Nightingale over here wouldn't afraid of the ball. We'd be able to actually get a chance to score some points. Yeah. <sighs> Um, our guy, Nate Taylor, was on the Pat McAfee show. And this is what he had to say when asked if and why uh, the Chiefs are doubted. We were just chit-chatting 
to Lombardi himself, obviously, colleague of yours. I know you know him. About the yep. Niners gang, maybe adding a little extra motivation to the Chiefs and getting a chance to feel it. We saw it in Baltimore. Obviously, we saw it in Buffalo against Miami. It feels like this team is embracing that role and enjoying that role. Do you feel that? Are you experiencing that? And what does it feel like from the team going into this Super Bowl as opposed to maybe Super Bowls past? Yeah, they, the Chiefs being, they know they're technically the underdog, right? They understand that uh, even though they're the defending Super Bowl champs, they're being doubted yet again, right? And, fellas, I will tell you this, and I remember it the day I started, you know, really covering this team, being around Patrick Mahomes over the last six, seven years. Patrick Mahomes does not forget. Patrick Mahomes pretty much hears everything or someone, you know, in his crew tells him uh, what is being said publicly, uh, obviously before a game. And I think Andy Reid even leans into it because he understands it energizes the guys. It gets them a little bit more focused and juiced up to sort of uh, obviously play the villain. Obviously, they've been on the road a couple of times. But with everything being said about the Chiefs right now, there's still a chance for them to be one of the great next dynasties. But they have to, you know, get over the finish line Sunday. And it will be no sweeter for them if they're able to do that, knowing that there are more people expecting them to lose Sunday than obviously to win. Six straight AFC championships, two Super Bowls, losing one. Not yet a dynasty, says Nate Taylor. Yep. I like that you guys are, you know, hard judges, the uh -huh. local crowd, because we're already crowning them as a dynasty. Which is interesting to think that this Kansas City Chiefs team is still the underdog, and I don't understand it. Now, obviously, there are some indicators that say that maybe there's a reason why because of the injury updates. Nate Taylor, again, on the same program that they call the Pat McAfee show, had this about the injury report that he reported today on that show. Nate, I wanted to ask you about injuries. I heard you say Willie Gay, so I assume he's back after missing the AFC Championship. Uh, have we heard anything about Joe Tooney yet, if he's going to practice or potentially play, and is there anything else lingering out there? So one of the best parts of last night, fellas, was I, I go to Willie Gay and I say, hey, could you have played in the AFC Championship game? He said yes, but he would not have been able to play in Sunday's game because he believes he would have re-aggravated that injury. Mm. So I said, how are you sure you're going to play on Sunday? And he did one of these, fellas. He did a... Oh, let that shit really roll. Like so yeah. he's ready to go. And I was like, okay, all right, I'll, I'll back up. Willie Gay, active, uh, put it down in pin. Wow. And then, of course... When it comes to Joe Tooney, he's going to try really hard, fellas. I, I know that I, I would still say the odds are slim, right? Mm -hmm. um, he is one of the best offensive linemen in the league, one of the most, you know, pristine techniques in terms of pass blocking. Obviously, you know Patrick Mahomes needs all of his linemen to be at their absolute best against this fearsome 49er pass rush. But, you know, Nick Allegretti was serviceable. He played up to the level of necessary against the Baltimore Ravens. So, um, even if Joe Tooney can't play, even though he's been a multiple Super Bowl champion with the Patriots obviously protecting Tom Brady early in his career and now Patrick Mahomes, um, Andy Reid may say, hey, if you're not fully 100%, if you can't necessarily get to that you know, full practice participant, say Wednesday, Thursday, hell, even Friday, um, then they're going to obviously turn back to Nick Allegretti. So Nick Allegretti's played in the Super Bowl before. I'm sure he wants his chance to sort of prove that, hey, I'm a better player than I was in Super Bowl 55. And, of course, he was part of that sort of makeshift motley crew that had to, you know, try to protect Patrick Mahomes against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It did not go well. So if Nick Allegretti gets his, his turn again, I'm sure he'll be highly motivated to, uh, to show what he can do. Played phenomenal 
last weekend. Yeah. And uh, whenever he spoke, basically saying everybody's praises of that offensive line. Mm -hmm. Feels like the team's really, really tight, which is obviously what you need and probably going to be if you make it to the Super Bowl regardless. But it's hard to win, especially when there's distractions. So there's the injury report that is Tuesday, tomorrow. Full injury report will come out. We'll be on Arrowhead Pride Radio. A little different tomorrow. Ron Cobb Jr. will be in the studio. Pete Sweeney, who is in Vegas, will be calling in. Or we will be calling Pete as it is a Sween in Vegas. And then tomorrow, DA on at 930. Pete Sweeney also on the drive, I would assume, at some point at 3 o'clock, as he is every single day of the week. But again, look, last week when you played, or two weeks ago when you played the Baltimore Ravens and Nick Allegretti played, the number one thing we saw was, well, didn't really see a whole lot fall off with the substitution there with Joe Tooney being out. And Joe Tooney, probably one of the best guards in all of football. That's not bias or homer. That's just facts. And when Allegretti stepped up and did it against Baltimore, who had the number one defense in football, everyone was absolutely happy with it. And now we move on and you play the San Francisco 49ers, who have a very good defensive line, lots of good players on that. And a lot of people are like, oh, we'll see which Nick Allegretti shows up. Well, I'll tell you what, he's played in the Super Bowl before and he's played in a big game before this one. It was in the AFC Championship game against the AFC foe, and that was the Baltimore Ravens. Coming up on the other side, the matchup of the teams. There's a couple of big questions I have that just don't seem to make sense. This whole Super Bowl doesn't really make sense, but I'm just going with it. This is After Hours on 610 Sports Radio. Back here on After Hours, only about 20 more minutes or so, we'll get to the out of left field question. Uh, it's, it, I don't know, it fits, I think, from what we saw last night with all the booze. Uh, as in like boo, not like booze as in like what you would drink. Um, but we'll get into that. Text line number is 913-586-7610. Um, thanks to Matt McMullen earlier who joined the show. If you missed it, look at the, download the podcast and also tell your friends. You know, sometimes people get tired of listening to the same stuff. Hey, listen to this guy, you know, do what our female listeners did or female listener did introduce Dusty Likens or the crown jewel to your friends, and maybe they might like it. And then they might send my boss another email that says at the very end, special person. I I don't make this stuff up. I'm not a liar. I don't make up my own nicknames. We retired the dirty werewolf, and then within a month, crown jewel. Upgrade? Thousand percent. Um... I saw this from Pro Football Focus, and this is from Zoltan Boudet. I think is how you say this guy's name. Zoltan. You ever watch uh, Galaxy Quest, Tim Allen? Hilarious movie. Never. Zoltan. That's like the all-powerful god that's in the alien world. Zoltan. They do like a little Z with their hands. Um, but they, they, they put up a graphic... And a lot of it just doesn't really make sense to me. Um, And what I mean by that is they go position by position of key and, you know, pick their advantage. And Zoltan Boudet has the quarterback advantage being in Kansas City. So, so far we're, we're good. They have the running back situation, San Francisco 49ers. We agree. 
right? You'd probably take Christian McCaffrey over anybody, even if you do love Isaiah Pacheco. I know there's going to be some people that text line and say, nah, man, give me Pacheco the way he runs. Yeah, come on. It's Christian McCaffrey. It's the same argument that you'd have with Patrick Mahomes, right? It's like, oh, if I could have Patrick Mahomes, of course. If I could have Christian McCaffrey, duh. Uh, wide receivers, they have the 49ers having the advantage. Fair. Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel. Chiefs have a rookie, good rookie, and then a lot of question marks. The one that really sticks out to me is where they have tight end. It just says tie. And I'm very confused by this. I'm I'm very confused by this. Because is it not unanimous to think that the Kansas City Chiefs and Travis Kelsey, that he's the best tight end to ever play the game? Didn't we already have this discussion that Travis Kelsey in the modern uh, modern day has been goaded as the greatest tight end? Right? He and Mahomes surpassed Brady and Gronk for combination touchdowns in the playoffs. He surpassed Jerry Rice. And... All that sort of hoopla. How is it a tie between Travis Kelsey and George Kittle? And again, I'm not poo-pooing on George Kittle. I think George Kittle's a good tight end. And he's a great tight end. But to say that tight end is a wash when you're picking matchups, to me, is a bit egregious. Because if Travis Kelsey is the best tight end to ever play football or the best tight end currently in the NFL then that means you're saying George Kittle is equally talented. And that's just simply not true. So to have that matchup be a tie, I don't know if I agree with this. And it's not like the 49ers have a second, like second tight end. That's like spectacular. It's not like, Oh, right. It's a big drop off. Once you go from Kelsey down to the backups or Kittle, it, it, it doesn't work like that. So I just, I totally agree with you. I just, yeah, I don't, I don't understand like where we're at here. We just forgot that the best tight end in football's history is now a tie with George Kittle. They go on offensive line advantage Kansas City Chiefs. Defensive line advantage San Francisco. So Chase Young, Nick Bosa, better than Chris Jones, Derek Nottie, Mike Dana, George Karloftis. Maybe with Charles Aminahue out, they don't they don't think so. Offensive line, there's no Joe Tooney, but they have Trent Williams. You could switch those, and I wouldn't be mad. We talked about this before yeah. the show. I said I would have honestly flipped them, mm-hmm. but, I mean, it's kind of a wash in a sense anyway. Right. So as of now, you have San Francisco with three advantages, Kansas City with two. Linebacking core, they give the San Francisco 49ers. Bear. But when it comes to the corners, the Kansas City Chiefs are in the advantage. Now, what I don't understand is that they give the safety advantage to the San Francisco 49ers. Last I checked, San Francisco 49ers are missing their number one starting safety. And the Kansas City Chiefs have Justin Reed. Who's been a stud. One of Brett Veach's better signings. And it's probably better than the backup that plays for the San Francisco 49ers. But again, 
not going to have their starting safety, but their safety is better. And the thing that's very confused to me is the tie between Travis Kelsey and George Kittle. I just don't understand that. Well, and also, if you go with the safeties, you got Reed. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jamari uh, Connor has been playing well when he comes into games. Mm-hmm. And, and Edwards, I mean, Edwards, you want to talk about that. Edwards and Tranquil have been both kind of, quote, unquote, the best offseason signings for this team, the way they've performed for him. So I just, like you said, I don't get the uh, how the Chiefs don't have the better safety. Mm-hmm. I would say that's more surprising than the tie with the, the quote, unquote, tight ends because – there's some people that believe blocking tight ends are more valuable in this league, and maybe I guess that's where they're coming from. Oh, Kittle blocks better than Kelsey, which I will say he does, mm-hmm. and they run the ball more, so it, it shows where they need Kittle, but I, I still take Kelsey over Kittle any day. Right, and I just, I, I you know, it is. And again, like, I can't, and I apologize. Dude, where's my car is the Zoltan thing. I apologize. I thought it was Galaxy Quest. But it's just... This is where I'm I'm having tonight, right? This is where I'm starting the Tuesday show. It's just the fact that here we are, and when these things come out, and like Andy Reid, and you know we've heard in the in, in Nate Taylor's thing that like he shows these guys little little things like that, like hey Grant or hey hey Kelsey, check this out. They got you and George Kittle even playing field. Oh, nice. I just went 11-11 for 116 yards and a touchdown in one of the best games of my career in the AFC Championship game. But, yeah, you know, whatever. I don't know. Gaslight it all you want. Tell me I'm biased. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me what I'm saying is not right. But that's what I'm reading. That's what I'm seeing. And that's what I go off of. Somebody says, who's the clown that made this? I'll tell you. Zoltan Bunde. Z-O-L-T-A-N-B-U-D-A. Zoltan Boudet. That's where he has it. Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, a wash. Yeah, well, that's just garbage. Coming up on the other side. One, what dead musician will be the bump music on the other side? Plus, there's another way to stream sports, at least in the making, and it sucks. Dead serious. I'm Dusty Likens. It's JT Noah. This is uh, After Hours on 610 Sports Radio. What would Jimmy Buffett do? Funny you should ask, Al. <laughs> I'd say, pull me something tall and strong. Make it a hurricane before I go insane. It's only I'm sure you just made my father a very proud man. Don't care. He was texting me earlier about all the artists that we were paying respect to that we've lost. This one got me, man. I love Buffett. I was raised on Buffett. Pencil thin mustache. Now, so it's funny because I don't know if you ever watched Hawaii Five O. Mm-hmm. It's a TV show, yeah. but um, he would he would kind of special guest in it every once in a while. Mm-hmm. And so I sit, my brother, I told him, I go, bro, Jimmy Buffett died. And he goes, who's Jimmy Buffett? I uh... sent him a screen picture of him, and he goes, oh, no way. The, and then he would say the I forgot what his character name was. He's mm-hmm. like, he died. I was like, yeah. He goes, I go. He also sings in Five O'clock somewhere. He goes, they're the same. I was like, yes. Yep. There's only one Jimmy Buffett. There was only one. Only one. R.I.P. to the buff. Fins. I played that song after they beat the Dolphins. Seemed fitting. Um, so the Chargers are making moves as they have hired Greg Roman to become their offensive coordinator, the former offensive coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens. That's fine. Got to figure out how to beat them. If you can't. Good luck. 
Good luck. You know, it was the funniest thing is, is all these Raven fans wanted Greg Roman gone. Mm-hmm. And then after they didn't run the football in the AFC Championship, they're like, what would have Greg Roman done? He would have ran the football. Why didn't we keep him? Well, you can't yeah. have it two ways, bud. Yeah. Talking out of both sides of your mouth, I think is what they call that. Uh, I don't know if you saw this today, JT, but they uh, announced that uh, there's going to be a new sports streaming thing. Don't forget the out of left field question will come up here in about seven minutes. Uh, Huge media news. ESPN, Fox, and Warner Brothers are planning to launch a joint spread streaming service later this year. The move will place content from ESPN, TNT, and Fox Sports on a new standalone app and will have significant ramifications for the future of TV sports. The platform does not yet have a name or a price. Sounds like cable. And I think the thing that's frustrating about this is that this is, to me, at least in my lifetime, one of the more frustrating evolutional technology things that we have done. As we talk about the Super Bowl and we talk about all these things that are, you know, upcoming with, you know, everything that is with sports. And we just can't seem to get it right with streaming devices. Right? Like there's Max, formerly known as HBO Max. There's Netflix, which was the, what would you say, the original the the number one the 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 trailblazer of of streaming. Then there's Disney Plus, Paramount Plus, Peacock. There's all these different things, and we just can't seem to get it right. And the thing that's interesting about this is, for so many years, they said cut the cord, cut cable, get YouTube TV. But then what happens is all these conglomerates start realizing what everybody else is making doing their special thing, right? And then ESPN Plus, Disney Plus, and Hulu all get together and make a dominant sports package. Well, then if you have that, now you've got to go out and get TNT Sports, Fox Sports, and all this. And it's no secret that when you get these streaming devices, you're paying a certain amount of money, like uh, 40 bucks. $30, $20, $18.99, whatever they are, they always change. And when you think about it and you put them all into perspective and you're like, okay, I have four different streaming devices, and I know there's a lot of you out there, myself included, that use your buddies or your family members. I'm not going to lie about that. I don't. But there's all these now different areas that all cost a certain amount of money, and in order to get certain content these days, unless it's a local team that plays on a local station, you have to have this. So why are we going to cut the cord when we are consistently going to add different streaming devices that are going to have their own or own their rights to certain games or sporting fixtures? Like they said, huge media news. ESPN, Fox, and Warner Brothers are planning to launch a joint sports streaming service later this year. The move will place content from ESPN, TNT, and Fox Sports on a new standalone app and will have significant ramifications for the future of TV sports. The platform does not yet have a name or a price. And if you go look at all the comments and everything that's there, it's not anything less of what I'm telling you. This is called Monopoly, somebody responds with. They're going to start putting together sports packages like this is different and add-ons, and guess what? I'll still buy it. 
The problem with this is that we haven't had a definitive way to figure this out. And I don't think we ever will. And I don't think they ever thought they were going to. It's all a money grab. And now what are they going to do? They're going to take one thing that people want to have and need to have, and that is their sports. And if you can't have it, what is what is wrong? It gets people frustrated. What do you do when you're frustrated? You do things out of character. All right, screw it. I'll just buy it, and I'll have it. But again, there's just so many different outlets, and we just can't seem to figure it out, and there's a reason why we're not figuring it out. Because of money, because of attention, and because of the needing what you want. And eventually, we're just never going to have a right way to do this. And it's just going to go on and on and on. And unfortunately, we are stuck in a time of lost. And I don't understand why with all the sort of things and ideas you can do. And up to a point where the cable companies are sitting back and just going, told you, told you wouldn't leave. Somebody says, so there'll be an ESPN Plus and an anoint ESPN app? Yes. So cable, there's no reason to cut the cord then. Pay the, what, $185, $200 bill every month? Or pay for eight different streaming devices that equal out to be $200 a month. And when you have cable, you don't have to go to different sources on your Samsung or your smart TV. You just turn it on and go through the guide. Mm, mm, mm. 913, I watched every single Royals game for decades. The second I had to pay for an extra channel, I stopped watching. Haven't watched since. I don't know. Somebody says, just strap on an eye patch, Dusty. I don't know what that means. Um, pirating stuff, is that what they're meaning? Definitely means that. Okay. I thought so. I just didn't want to sound too dumb. Uh, speaking of pirates, I'm sure there's a lot of pirates that have been villains. Captain Hook to be one of them. Um, but that is where we take our out-of-left-field question. And tonight, the out-of-left-field question that we do every single night on this show that we get three hours, we do it at 8 o'clock, we ask the text line, 913-586-7610, the question. And tonight's question is, who is your favorite villain of all time? And the reason we do that is because of last night, all the boos and the Chiefs really leaning into the villain role and the, the villain type of team that they are. So again, now we talk to you, 913-586-7610. Coming up on the other side, we'll do the out-of-left-field question. Who is your favorite villain of all time? That's JT. I'm Dusty Likens. This is 610 Sports Radio, and you're listening to After Hours.